but seriously, we want everyone that has a question uh, to ask it. And again, uh, after tonight, these two guys are going home. Amen. Going to, going to southern Canada? Excited about That's going right. back to southern Canada. Amen. And we got going back to Blacksburg, Virginia, in Virginia Tech territory there. So, through, yeah, through Baltimore, York, Pennsylvania, and then uh, down to Blacksburg. Right. Yep. So they won't be here after tonight. Nope. So if you have questions, now is the time to ask. You don't regret getting down the road saying, oh, man, I should have asked. So if you're going to ask, ask now. So if, who if has a – go ahead. I was going to say, if you don't ask now, I'm not going to give you my number to call me. No, That's right. <laughs> hey, you weren't supposed to talk about your number yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, no, but if you have a question, we'd like for you to go ahead and raise your hand. We can get you a microphone right here. Uh, anyone else have a question so we have the next person ready? Go. You go ahead and raise your hand while he's asking this question. Okay, go ahead. For adult Sunday schools, in your experience, what have been perhaps one or two or three of the most successful activities that you may have planned that you say, wow, that, that really hit home? One of the activities that I was hoping that Brother DeRosa would mention, and he, he did a great job of covering a lot of information, but one of the things about being all-encompassing, allowing uh, everyone to participate, was miniature golf. Miniature golf was a big event that we did where the children could participate, the adults could participate, the elderly could participate. It it didn't matter the age. There's not a whole lot of uh, physical need, you know, to be able to do miniature golf. So that's that's a good one. Um, You know, the the game, we, we had done... I think I mentioned this Saturday or Friday. We had done, and this takes a great personality. You got to have someone who uh, is very, very creative uh, to simulate uh, like a family feud. Family feud isn't quite as hard. Family feud is a good one. Uh, If you do family feud, uh, it it doesn't require quite as much, but it takes a little bit of work. Uh, We've done, we just did at our sweetheart couples banquet, uh, what was the name of that show we did? Newlywed Game. The Newlywed Game is also, that one is, again, another one that doesn't require a whole lot of uh, work, a whole lot of props, uh, but it's very, very fun. It's very good. The one where the fellow that I had that was my activities coordinator, and if, and if you're able to have that, have someone to take care of that for you, that'd be, a, that'd be a huge blessing to you. Obviously, when you're first starting out, you probably won't, and I didn't initially either, uh, but eventually we grew to the point where I had some help. And we talked about that in our message with regards to Moses and his father-in-law and delegation of the work. Instead of doing it all yourself, yes. you need to have folks. I say you need to. I say it's best if you have folks helping you. Uh, okay, so one of the things that the fellow that I had as a, an activities coordinator, he put together, the price is right. Now, that was just a big, big, big production. I mean, huge. He had big, humongous props, and, and that took months to put together. Uh, but that one was, uh, I still have recordings, uh, video recordings of, of that event. People to this day still talk about that. And that was, I can't remember how many years ago. It's been a long time. Uh, but there's folks that were in that class that were in that, at that activity that still talk about that. So that's, uh, that's, that's very important. Uh, but if, you know, that may not be possible, uh, Lord willing, we hope that maybe something like that might be possible. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, just getting together, fellowshipping, socializing, the people need to have that. They, they need to have that. Did Miniature give, golf is a good one. Did you give prizes at the prices, right? Cause I we didn't did. That one. We did give prizes. Uh, the way he worked it was he actually traveled. And, and, and again, this guy is a special personality. Uh, this guy would, 
would focus more on church stuff while he was at work uh, than on, and he wasn't working full time at the church. You know, he had a secular job and uh, he worked in an office and he would make phone calls for events, you know, in between doing his, his job. I'm not sure if he actually did his job, to be honest with you. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm sure there were times where he wasn't where he should have been. Uh, but needless to say, he would call businesses uh, and he would ask them if they would be willing to donate uh, maybe a $25, uh, you know, gift certificate or anything, or maybe a T-shirt or something like that. And uh, he was able to uh, accumulate some prizes that way from a lot of different area businesses. And that worked really well uh, for us, uh, for him, and in, in turn for us, of course. And that's what I remembered about miniature golf was that we had all those prizes at yeah. the end. I think everybody went home with a prize. We're talking yeah. 40, 50 people. Yeah. Even down to like five dollar, you know, Slurpee gas yep. card. Seven Eleven. Uh, Donated. He would go to Seven Eleven. He would go to the other local convenience stores, and 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 again, it's not much, but it's just the thought, and people really, really got a kick out of that. They enjoyed that a lot. Great. My wife has something. I think they had a question in the back. <laughs> you're, you're you're going out of turn here, honey. <laughs> I just want to mention, and um, with the activities, we themed everything. And um, specifically with the miniature golf, um, something that made it fun is we made all the holes different. Oh, so yeah. some of them you had to do it like pool style, like with a like almost like you're sh- like playing pool. Yeah, like you're shooting. Mm-hmm. A, a, you know, instead of instead of hitting it this way, you'd have to actually get down. Now again, if, if, if that would make it tough for some people, yeah. not everyone would do that. But you know, he would make it creative. Uh, he even said at one particular hole, you'd have to you know you'd have to shoot. With your opposite dominant hand, other than your dominant hand. So if you if you're normally shooting right-handed, you know you'd have to shoot it left-handed, uh, and all those kinds of things. Because miniature golf, there's really not a whole lot to it, and so you make it a little bit more creative, uh, just making more memories for people, so they remember. Oh, you remember when we did that? Oh, you remember when Steve put this t- thing together? And uh, it's just great memories for people, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. We also gave trophies, first, second, and third place trophies that we made. <laughs> Amen. Hey guys, I have uh, two questions. Uh, one, uh, for the parents, I know we touched upon it, but the parents of children that come in on our buses, um, the kids are faithful um, about reaching those parents. It's tough. They'll, they'll ask for things, yeah. right? You know, they'll, they'll ask a lot, you know, uh, I need some money for this, or money for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get them to church, that's my first question. Any thoughts on that? I'm trying to reach them other than just the face-to-face presentation sure. of the gospel, trying to reach them that way. Anything else? To, to, be, to be totally honest, I've never actually worked on a bus route, uh, so your pastor would actually have more in, uh, experience with that than I would. Uh, you have any ideas about that, Pastor Lejeune? I'd say with uh, those who come into an activity and they can't afford it, um, if it's a very, very expensive activity like youth conference, per se, and we would have a plan in place to help them be able to come in and, and work and raise money. If it's just a matter of not being able to cover McDonald's after putt putt, you know, we'll uh, as a church we'll probably see if we can what we can do to help them uh, out with that. I know as a teenager myself in a home that didn't always have a lot of money, there were times where we missed activities because we were so many teenagers in the house we just all couldn't afford to go to every activity. But uh, uh, I'd say that it really kind of goes on a case by case basis. Yeah, was all, the other side of that, Pastor, was how to get them here, because we have the kids for a limited amount of time. We're trying to reach them. And then they're yeah, going I, one thing that I have learned in ministry, brother, and this is a great question, one thing that I have learned in ministry and in, and in life in general, if you honor people's kids, they'll show up. 
Uh, for instance, if you have a uh, end of the campaign, this is, let's say you have a campaign on your bus, and you say for six weeks, hey, we want to we want to invite other, you know, your your friends. You, you ask the children to invite their friends, and uh, you say we want to hit a certain number, and this is our goal. And if we hit this goal, you know, we'll we'll have a party or whatever the case may be. And if you give individual prizes or you just give honor to those that worked, uh, if you have maybe together a end of the campaign. Uh, get together or, or dinner or banquet, so to speak, uh, and you're giving out prizes or certificates to those children, uh, that would be something you could invite uh, the adults to. Uh, one of the things that we have in our society today, uh, back, you know, in the 80s and 70s, and you know, people would just send their kids, and uh, nowadays people don't just send their kids just about anywhere. Uh, usually uh, they want to know what's going on, what's happening, who's there. They're a little bit more involved because of uh, security reasons, and so them sending their kids to the to church on the bus is a good thing, uh, and but a lot of parents want to be a little bit more involved and know what's going on and, and all that sort of thing. So I would say probably having some sort of banquet, some sort of uh, of prize giving or recognition giving uh, event, and invite the parents to that. Uh, similar to what what pastor is trying to incorporate with the monthly or bi-monthly or quarterly uh, get to get get acquainted type things. Uh, something like that, something a little special, something a little different, rather, you know, other than the, the norm, and then say, hey, we'd like for your parents to come out to this to, to see you and cheer you on and, and take pictures with you and that sort of thing. And, uh, just like uh, an award ceremony, something like that. That's, that's just an idea that came to mind as, we're, as I was standing here. And uh, any thoughts, I'm going to throw this out too, as uh, our teenagers, they're heading into college, any thoughts on counsel for Christian college versus secular college? Because uh, I know that some, God does have a plan for them to be specifically trained in a specific area. So any thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, having, <clears throat> having four daughters, uh, our oldest is 23, our youngest is 18. Uh, our oldest attended West Coast Baptist College. She just graduated from there last year. Uh, she's the only one of our girls that has gone on to college. We, had, we tried, we encouraged uh, all of them to attend Bible college. You have different philosophies. You have some people that say, well, at least try one year of Bible college. And, and, and we tried that, okay? Uh, and, and that's a good philosophy to, to try. Uh, the other philosophy is, well, if, you know, obviously if mom and dad are covering the cost, then mom and dad have a little bit more say in where, you know, the, the student would go. The one thing I, I learned in the process of our daughters graduating high school and, and moving on to more adult type things was that I, I can't force, I can't force anything. And, I, I personally, personally, this is my personal standard, my personal conviction. I'm not telling you to have this or Pastor Lejeune knows that, you know, there's, there's gray areas. My personal conviction is that secular colleges are just, they're just so, most if not all of them are so geared towards humanism. They're so geared towards everything that's anti the Lord, anti church that I would steer any student from attending a secular college. Again, but that's my personal conviction. Uh, that doesn't mean that students that go to secular colleges would, would, won't turn out for the Lord, obviously. Um, the, the one thing that we had, our youngest daughter, who was into culinary, she wanted to be a, a chef, and, and so we, and we, we looked for a college for her to attend that was a Christian college. And again, this is again just between my wife and I and our family. Bob Jones University is a college that offers a whole lot more than just, uh, you know, 
church or ministry type things. Pensacola Christian College is another college that offers a lot more than just they offer nursing and I think they may even have engineering. They have all kinds of things that are offered there uh, that are more than just ministry, uh, ministry uh, teaching and, and, and learning. And so I would steer in that direction. That's just my personal conviction, my personal standard. Uh, obviously, I can't, you know, I can't impose my standards on other people, but uh, it, it, the universities in our society, it's, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Right. Thank uh, you. Go ahead. All set. Thanks. Amen. You know, I went, to a, uh, I went to a local university where we live. We have four local universities. And um, <clears throat> they had asked one of the students who attends our church, he asked me to come and just help him and encourage him as he was giving a short speech. And it's as liberal as you can. It was worse than I thought. Worse than I thought. I mean, the teachers there, uh, the students would come and go whenever, however. There was seemed to be no set time for them to be there and leave. And uh, they would get up and give their spiel, their speech. Uh, and it, it just seemed very unorganized, very uh, shoot from the hip. And I thought, man, these, these kids or their parents are paying tens of thousands of dollars and this just seems very, very uh, slipshod. It just didn't seem, it didn't seem like they were going to get a, a great education. And uh, the, the topic that he was talking about was why the United States was based on biblical principles. And everybody in the room was, well, yeah, but, yeah. It was just questioning, questioning him, questioning, you know, the Bible, questioning were we truly founded on Christian principles and Listen, that's the battle that the secular colleges uh, pose for our students. Uh, and it's, it's going to be a huge, huge battle for them. And I've seen it firsthand. And I was shocked. I was shocked at, uh, at how it didn't seem like an education to me. It, it just seemed like it, it's a club. People come in and go and do what they do, what they do and, and they get a degree and they pay tens of thousands of dollars. And it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Other questions? Anybody have a question? I'll, I'll add to that. Uh, mm-hmm. Working closely with the college students at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, the ones that came from a really solid uh, church background have a hard time surviving the environment at that university. Even the ones that are coming Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, their, their main comment is, it's so hard. It's a daily battle. It's yeah. a, you're inundated with, like he said, humanism, just crazy stuff all the time. Yeah, that it's, it's a very difficult environment. Um, better, better to suggest a local community college to where they're still plugged in to the church than to go off somewhere where everything's foreign. Yeah. Very difficult to do. Amen. Agree. Plus being plus being local too, you you have the influence of mom and dad. And the, the family uh, obviously stronger than if they're out of state and they, you don't see them on a regular basis. Um, I, I don't know. Pastor Lejeune, you've been to a Bible college. Uh, I know uh, some of your staff have been to Bible colleges. Uh, I personally have not. Yeah. Uh, and, and even in Bible colleges, even in Bible colleges, you guys understand the influences are still there. Uh, there's, still, there's still temptations there, uh, but it's, it's a hundred times better. Uh, than in a secular mm-hmm. university, mm-hmm. a hundred times better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a battle that I would not want to put my children through. I really would not. Um, but if they choose that, what can you do? Want to move on to another topic yep. and ask a question? This might be for you and your wife. Okay. Uh, can you talk about the importance of 
the wife's role in an adult Sunday school class? Yeah, you know, the wife's role, and we've talked about this a little bit. It's basically a, a church within a church. It's basically a church within a church. And, and um, the wife, you know, we, we've been at a place where um, there, the, the influence of the pastor's wife was either absent or not there or not very strong. It makes a big difference. It makes a big difference when it comes to uh, uh, counseling, which obviously as a Sunday school teacher, you're not maybe not necessarily doing that. But when it comes to just uh, being with people, you know, if I'm going to go visit someone and it's a female, obviously I would prefer that my wife be with me or, you know, we meet somewhere public or something like that. Uh, but just the influence of a godly woman uh, in their life, a godly mentor and model. Uh, they need that. They have to have that. Uh, and women understand things that men don't. Amen? <laughs> Ladies, uh, there's things that, that would go over my head that I wouldn't get. And she would say to me, hey, you know, this is what's, oh, oh, okay, I see, I see. And I would have to back off because there's things that she sees that I don't see. Uh, there's things that she understands about women that I don't understand or I can't, I can't perceive. And so it's very important. And they absolutely look to the wife as, as kind of like the pastor's wife. They look to her as the model, as the mentor. Uh, they'll call her. They'll meet with her. They'll have coffee with her. Uh, that's what you want. You want that taking place. You want that happening. And so there is a vital role for the wife to play. Uh, she may not be the one teaching, uh, but she's teaching silently. She's teaching by her example. She's teaching by the way that she conducts herself, uh, supporting her husband, uh, being available, being present at events and activities and in the class and uh, that, all those things are very, very important. Very important. Other questions? My wife, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to mention something. My wife mentioned something about the decoration of the classroom. Uh, not, on, not, not every classroom will, will be able to be decorated. For instance, uh, Brother Barone, I believe you'll be teaching in the auditorium. I'm sure Pastor Lejeune will like you to leave it the way it is. Amen. Um, but, but those classrooms or those classes that meet in other classrooms, uh, it is it is important. Not it's not you know super super high important, but it is important to make it feel welcoming, uh, decorate, especially the children's classes. Obviously, the children's classes you want those to be decorated and and welcoming and inviting. Uh, one of the things that my wife is known for is she's known for her uh, her her taste and and decoration and 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 just picking things out. And she would have candles everywhere. Uh, we've got stories about candles in our classroom. Uh, where one time I'm sitting there teaching and, and, and two of the guys are in the back and they're stomping on the floor. And I'm thinking, what is going on back there? And you remember this story? And so, and so after class, they say to me, they say, uh, we had a coat rack. There was a coat rack in the back by the door. And then there was a table next to the coat rack. Well, she had a candle uh, on the table. And this lady had uh, like a fur coat that she put right over top of the candle and it caught fire. And, man, they're back there. They throw the coat on the floor and they're stomping. So decorations are important, but be careful where you place the candles. Amen. Um, going back to the, the education thing, um, mm-hmm. I've just started teaching the, um, the drive-in uh, church teens. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of the ed- education, uh, we started off the lesson, uh, Carrie Schmidt's um, Discover Your Destiny, Destiny 1, and we talked about evolution and how it didn't happen versus how it did happen. Great book. And, um, and speaking to some, uh, some of the teens, uh, some of them you know, grew up in the church and are well-grounded and they sure. understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But some of them that, uh, that don't, that go to public school, how do you combat them looking at you like you're 
you know, you're crazy, and you're, you're I'm sure they hear it, you know, five days yeah. a week, and then yeah. here I am trying to, for one hour, yeah. trying to get through, you know, how, what, what would you say to that? To be honest with you, I've, I've mentioned in the conference, teaching is important what you say, but it's as important what you do, spending time with them. Being, uh, I remember uh, T.J. Ryder. T.J. Ryder was a teenager that we taught in the school in Baltimore. T.J. Ryder was your typical carnal Christian. His family went to church, and, but he just had that. He, he leaned towards listening to the, you know, the carnal music. He leaned in that direction. He, he would walk you know, with his pants hanging, you know, that kind of kid. You know? But he was a good kid. And so he would get in trouble over silly things in the learning center. You remember. And so uh, I, I, what I did for, for TJ to try to help him, I, I'm trying to figure out, racking my brain, Lord, what can I do, what can I do? I took him out to lunch. I took him out to lunch personally. And I just sat there and I said, hey, TJ, I'm here for you, man. I love you. I care about you. You know, if there's anything that I can ever do, man, you can call, you can call me. You can talk to me. Don't be, don't be afraid to talk to me because teenagers and young people view us that, that are adults, you know, as unapproachable. We need to be as approachable as we possibly can. And one of the things that I used to do with our daughters, I would, I would pull them out of school uh, one every week, and I would take them to lunch. And I would give them my undivided attention. Now, I, I, I'm not saying that I'm the, the best parent or the greatest parent, and it may not have worked, but I, I, they can't say that I didn't care. And your students, eventually, T.J. Ryder, I believe, ever since, uh, since he's graduated and gone on with his life, and he has mentioned that to us, that he remembers me taking him out to lunch and me reaching out to him and me loving on him and me spending time and spending resources to encourage him. Uh, what young people need, especially male young people and the teenage years, they need a, a, a strong male figure to just love them, encourage them, at times rebuke them, at times correct them, but at the end of the day to be there for them and be their friend, but also be you know, their counselor. Uh, and I would encourage you to have as much of a relationship with them as you can. As much of those extra things that you can do, man, take advantage of that. Uh, one of the things I know Pastor Lejeune was talking about, taking the kids to a youth conference. Uh, you'll, you'll, if you happen to go with them and you happen to be one of the chaperones, man, it'll be great. It'll, it'll be memories for you all, but it'll give you an opportunity to, again, shower them with your love. and your. It's, the relationship is the important part. Uh, our pastor taught us that relationships are like a bank account. And uh, if, if, we, if we make deposits into the relationship, that means that we're, we're doing good. We're, we're blessing. We're encouraging. We're, we're breathing life into them. We're making deposits. Well, that bank account starts to swell. That emotional bank account starts to get larger. Because eventually I'm going to have to correct. Eventually I'm going to have to make a withdrawal. Do something that may make them upset. But if I have made plenty of deposits, when that withdrawal comes, I'm not in the ring. I don't bounce the check. Uh, the, 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 the account is not depleted. And so emotionally, we have to invest. We have to deposit. We have to love on so when that withdrawal comes, because it's going to come. You're going to have to correct them. You're going to have to you know, rebuke them a little bit or whatever the case may be, chastise them. When that withdrawal comes, the bank account is padded. You know, there is, it, doesn't, it doesn't totally throw them off, if that makes sense, Eric. Does that make sense? Yeah, the relationship is important. It's it's. It's huge. It's huge. Did that answer your question some? If I can add to that, yep. if what you're telling them contradicts what they're hearing at school, but you have a stronger relationship with them than their teacher at school does, they're probably going to buy into what you think. Yes, indeed. And yes, so indeed. the relationship 
is, it's is huge. key. It's huge. Yeah. And that's for teenagers, that's for adults, that's for children, that's for everybody. It's about relationships. You know, our, our church motto used to be, and you remember this, it used to be uh, the end of your search for a friendly church. You remember that? <laughs> a long time ago. That's a long yeah. time ago. The wow. end of your search for a friendly church. And that's a good motto. Yep. When Pastor Tool came, he says, that's a good motto, but people aren't looking for a friendly church. They're looking for friends. They're looking for friends. And it's nice to be friendly, but it's better to be a friend. And so be available. Be willing to spend your resources that God has given you to be a blessing, to be there for them, spend time with them. And I think at the end of the day, uh, even if they go astray, even if they don't follow the, the straight and narrow way, they won't forget your investment. They won't forget it. And they can never say that my teen leader didn't care. He didn't, he didn't try. That's one of the things that I tell people as far as parents. My kids can't say that we didn't, that we didn't care and we didn't try. There's no way. There's no way they can say that. And, and that's what you want people to, to feel and know. Other questions? I'd like you to talk about for a second about some of the things the non-teachers in the class, not the head teacher, but every people else in the class can do to help grow the class. Amen. Amen. Restaurant. <laughs> pick, a, pick a spot in the restaurant to help. Yeah. I mean, Miss Trina's decorations, that's the ambiance of the restaurant right there. Oh, this place is fancy. This is great. Who, who's, who's the one that's handing out the menus? Who's the one that's looking for new visitors in the class? Who's greeting them at the door? Uh, you can get a whole bunch of people engaged in your class with just little things and helping them grow. Well, one of the things that is, is kind of a little trick, really not a trick. If you give people, you delegate responsibility to people, guess what happens? They have to be there <laughs> because they have a job. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, and again, we're not, we're not trying to manipulate people. Mm-hmm. We're not trying. This is leading this is leading. This is a, a person that says, hey, it's good and right for you to be in church and Sunday school, and I'm going to help you to be there. Someone did this for me. Uh, they led me. They, they gave me a job. They gave me a responsibility. And then I felt a, a weight like, oh, hey, we've got to be there. We, we, we can't miss. We can't. If we miss, that job will not be covered, or I'll have to find someone to cover it. So, you know, I had, I had ushers. You know, I had, uh, I had a, an announcements guy. Uh, I had uh, care group leaders. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, folks that were over, uh, they were over, you know, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of tens, rulers of fifties. Uh, and so they, they had a group of people that they were responsible for, that they shepherded. Now, again, this is when you get larger, but give people responsibilities. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you take an offering in Sunday school, have folks that are ushers. Uh, if you have bulletins, as Brother DeRosa mentioned, have folks that are handing them out. Uh, have someone in the class take the attendance. That's their job. It's their responsibility. At some point, uh, you get big enough, it, it will be helpful. And then they know, hey, this is my job. I have to be there to fulfill my role. I mean, we got to the point where we had specials, you know, in our class and, you know, had someone, you know, putting together a, a special music schedule. We, we got large. We got like a church, but we need to treat it that way in order for it to get to that point. Uh, and, and I have that, that same dilemma uh, at our church in New York, they still think small. They think small. And I have to get them to think bigger because if we keep thinking small, we're going to stay small. And so we have to think in bigger terms. To add to that, uh, one of the things we did, one of the churches I worked at as a Sunday school teacher is have a breakfast in your class 
Mm-hmm. And that, that, that serves all kinds of functions. People get excited about coming to your class, but Amen. then also have a schedule for people to bring in food. Amen. And that week they've got to bring in the food. You know they're going to be there. That might be Amen. the only week they come. <laughs> that's right. They're going to be there that that's week. That's right. And, and, and that's a good point. I forgot to mention that. That is a very good point. Having coffee and donuts. Have someone assigned to set up the coffee and someone assigned to bring the donuts or whatever, the breakfast. Uh, that's huge. That's huge. People love coffee and donuts. I'm telling you, they love that stuff. I very rarely, if ever, ate or drank any of it, but they loved it. It was their class. It was their coffee. It was their donuts. We would have people from other classes come in our class and get coffee. And like, hey, go get your own donuts. You know, obviously, don't treat them that way. We, and we wouldn't, uh, but we would kind of joke with them a little bit. And that's okay. That's what happened. As both classes and other classes grew, they had coffee and donuts, and we had coffee and donuts. And some people would leave our class and go get someone else's coffee and donuts, and some would come over. It was a good thing. It was a great thing. And people had the responsibility to bring or to prepare, or to set up, or tear down, it's great. It's a good thing. Amen? Um, I was thinking, because I know in a job I do, we always talk about building people's capacity. Would doing an interest survey, instead of just, I mean, in, our, in the ladies' Sunday school class, we already have a structure. Mm-hmm. There was a structure there before I started coming to the class mm-hmm. two years ago. Um, where you know Barbara, you know, does the song, and then we have the missions when Pastor Lisher and King had someone read the missions letter because we weren't doing any whole auditorium anymore. Uh, I mean, doing a regular church service. But I, as we were talking about delegation, I was thinking there's some people who are quite shy. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering, is it okay to do an interest survey um, to just find out what people? Uh, could I, instead of just saying, you do this, you do this, you do this, of course, with prayer, but to find out what are some people's interests and things that they'd like so that if you're assigning or asking someone to do something, um, you will be informed as yeah. to, you know, because if I ask someone to decorate and they don't know how to decorate or don't like cutting paper like me, mm-hmm. then that's a problem. What do you yeah. think? I would say, Ms. Rose, that's wise. It's wise to to get their opinion. Uh, it's wise to involve the people. Uh, one of the things that I did in our class in Orlando was uh, we had a, a name class. It was in March. and We had a March Madness bracket. And so we asked them, we said, look, we're gonna, we just started our class. We're going to na- give our class an identity, a name. Give me ideas. Throw me some names. You know, what, what would you like our class name to be? And so I gave them some cards, and they wrote down names, and then eventually I made this bracket, and I put up this big, you know, cardboard thing and I put all the names in there and then each week we would vote each week we would vote and then okay this class name beat out this class name so it moved over into the bracket and then at the next week we would vote again and and we kept voting all the way down until we ended up with family foundation again which I was trying to avoid but that was the name of our class in Baltimore Uh, I was trying to avoid that one but that's what it ended up being and they all were involved they all were buying into it and they were they were voting they were giving their input and it was great. Uh, asking people what their interests are, Ms. Rose, I think is a great, great idea. Uh, that's very wise. That goes along with your card for Tuesday night, really. Yes. Is, uh, yes. Asking people what they already yep. do, what yep. they're already comfortable with, certainly. Amen. Other questions? Hold on a minute. This is being recorded, so let's get you on the mic. <laughs> did you ever uh, 
involve other independent Baptist churches with activities. If you had a small uh, class and you reached out to a couple other similar-minded churches to get together for a larger group? I would say that I don't recall that we ever had done that, but I wouldn't say that that would be a bad thing. I wouldn't say that, you know, you shouldn't do that, obviously. Uh, if they're of the same, uh, if they're of like faith and practice as we are, hey, we're doing the exact same thing, just on a different location. Uh, I wouldn't be against that. Would not be against that at all. Have you ever invited another class? We have done that. We have we have invited other classes and involved other classes uh, in kind of a, a dual or double or triple class activity or event, and that's a, that's also wise too. As the church grows, some of those things might even be better and easier uh, to do. Uh, but that's a, that's a good thing, and, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. Nothing wrong with any of that. And that, that builds cooperation, that builds camaraderie, that builds teamwork. That's a great thing. That's a great thing. We did a, uh, a teen and young adult. We did that often, actually. Combined those two groups and activities and sometimes had competition yeah. one against another. It yeah. just, it's, it's good, and that's all within your church. So build your, your church also. And yeah. uh, some some funny memories of that, and they can take black eyes and different things from water balloon fights with them as memories, too. If I recall, we would have on Thanksgiving Day, we would have what we would call what we would call the turkey bowl. We had the turkey bowl is what we called it, and it was flag football, uh, and we would meet, and we would announce this in church. Very violent. Very violent, amen, <laughs> but very fun, amen. Uh, and so we would have usually lots of men in the church and a lot of, a lot, a lot of the teenage boys and get together and just... Have fun on uh, on. And women named Billy Joe. What's that? Women named Billy yeah, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if, if women want to come out and participate, we had um, we would do a softball game, uh, annual softball game with our class, and Miss uh, uh, Jan Norris, Miss Jan Norris, who is, I'm assuming she's in her 80s, probably late 80s. Who knows? She's she's an older lady. She was old when we were there, and she would. She would demand to pitch. I mean, to pitch. Now, there's men getting up there with a bat and hitting this ball, and my biggest fear was that someone was going to hit this woman and put her in the hospital or worse. And I said, Miss Jan, I'm really, I don't know if we should do this. She said, Oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. She was one of these very rugged individualist type ladies, and so she did it, and year after year she would pitch, and thank the Lord she never got injured. So, uh, but uh, those, are, those are great events. Those are great things to consider. Uh, you know, just make, make memories with people. Make memories with people. Get together. Have fun. And make the best of it. They won't forget it. I guarantee you they won't forget it. If I could ask one more question. Can yes, you go over some of the nece- what you would deem as necessary paperwork that is ready to go in your class every week from maybe cards that you would have to just other various paperwork? Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Brother DeRosa to help me a lot in this. Uh, we we had okay. <clears throat> we had uh, in our class when we when we organizing everything, we had of course visitor cards that we handed out that we had available each week. We had prayer request cards, uh, we had bulletins, we had outlines for the the Sunday school lesson. Now again, some people are going to use a curriculum, so you're going to have already a, a pre-made outline, which is great. Uh, but if you don't, if you, if you develop your own lesson, uh, I would encourage you to use outlines. Um, 
My, our pastor taught us that the more senses people use to uh, ingest the message, the, the better they'll retain it and remember it. Uh, he, I remember Pastor Tool used to say, if I could get them to eat the message, I would, I would get, somehow feed it to them. And so, uh, you know, they're seeing it by putting points on, on, a, on a screen. Now, you might not be able to do this in Sunday school, but to the best of your ability, incorporate this. If they're writing it, they're hearing it, they're writing it, they're seeing it, all of that helps them. So we had bulletins, we had outlines, we had first-time visitor cards, we had uh, prayer request cards. Uh, and then that was just on Sunday morning in the class. Then, after class is over, uh, and along with sign-in sheets where we would take attendance, uh, when class is over, I would take all these uh, items and take them to the office, and then that's where Brother DeRosa and I would get busy working on, okay, who are we going to visit? Who are we going to call? Who are we going to email? Who's getting what postcard? And when I say postcard, I mean we had a postcard system, okay? Uh, and it took, let me say this, let me say this. I, I forgot to say this in, in the conference yesterday. This system took years to develop, okay? So don't think... That, hey, I'm starting a class in two weeks and, and in a month you're going to have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. It's going to take you a long time to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, just like even at my church right now. It, I'm not there yet. It's, I've been there uh, over two years and it's going to take time. It is a long process, but stay committed to the process. Stay committed to the goal. Uh, over nine years it took us to, to develop the system. Uh, we had a set of postcards that we sent. Uh, if a person visited for the first time, uh, I believe it was, they get a letter. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a person, Brother DeRosa knows more than me, uh, because he did more of this than I did. Uh, if they visited a second time, they got a second letter. Correct. Yes. Yes. Uh, begin with, and then, and then. Yes. Yep. Uh, and then after their third visit, they would get a third letter saying, "Hey, like he mentioned in his session, hey, now we see that you're continuing to come. We're just going to go ahead and put you on our roster. Now, again, that do, that doesn't make you a church member, as he mentioned in the session, but you're kind of a regular here in our class." And we'll just assume that you are, unless you tell us otherwise. Uh, and you want to be careful how you word that, of course. Now, when a person was missing, okay, if they miss, and I think Pastor Lejeune handed out this paper. Did you all get these? I've not no, they haven't gotten those. Out. Okay. Uh, well, what this is is, is a, an attendance report that we put together. So they're going to go ahead and pass you one, uh, hand one out to you. If you're, if you're going to be teaching one of the adult classes if you'd raise your hand so we can get you one of those. I didn't print enough out for everyone. There's several pages to them. It would have taken, taken a long time there. Okay, so this is uh, Pastor Lejeune used this system at a previous church where he was at teaching the Sweetheart Couples class. And if you notice, it has his total attendance there for that particular week, September 16, 2012. Uh, the amount of visitors. He had 13 visitors. Man, that's a bunch of visitors. That's a lot of follow-up to do right there. Uh, and then there were uh, the active attendees, those are people that were actively part uh, or or, uh, enrolled in his class. They were part of his roster. They were normally, regularly there. Those are the active attenders. Okay, so then you have first-time visitors. You had names, second-time visitors, third-time visitors, fourth-time visitors, fifth-time visitors, and and so forth and so on. Now, under that, you see it says absentee list. Now, these are people here that are named. This is their first week. On September 16th, they missed their first week of of Sunday school. All right? And, And we had it set up to where... If a person misses their first week, they get a specific postcard. Hey, we missed you here. I'd love to have you back. Hey, come on back, that kind of thing. They miss their second week, there's a second postcard. They miss their third week, there's a third postcard. Now, eventually, at some point in this process, I'm going to either be calling or I'm going to be visiting. I'm going to say, hey, are you okay? Is everything all right? Uh, can I help you with anything? What's going on? I haven't seen you in a while. You know, that kind of thing. But again, we want to be subtle. We want to be loving. We want to be, don't treat them like a number. Treat them like your friend. 
hey, I miss you. Where have you been? Is everything okay? Can I pray about something? All right, so then, uh, and then, so we had these system of postcards. We also had a system of postcards for prospects. Uh, on, on our roster, we had not only actives, uh, we had prospects. In other words, these were... He's Go got ahead, that. No, you're good. And if you turn to page two, three, mm-hmm. four, yeah. that's, that's all these people that have just come a few times. Yeah, and they've come a few times. And, and, and either they've come to the class or they've come to the church, mm-hmm. uh, and pastor has asked me to, to go after them. So, hey, they're a prospect. I'm going to try to get them to not only come back to church, but to come to my class. And so I also had a set of postcards that I sent the prospects. Now, what the postcards that I sent to the prospects are a little different. Now, today you may not use postcards. You may use e-cards. You may use email. You can use all and, and all, every single one of those. Uh, whether it's an email, a text message, a phone call, an e-card, uh, a postcard, a visit, all of these are different avenues for you to touch their life. Touch them. It's a touching. It's a, hey, I care about you. Hey, you're important to me. Hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm here for you. Uh, hey, I heard that, you know, you were sick. I hope you feel better. Uh, whether it's a praying for you card, a, a greeting card, any of those things. Uh, so we had this system of postcards that we would send out. Uh, and it was it was like a machine. I mean, we uh, we had this down to a science uh, and, and we treated them as if they were a number, but we loved them uh, individually. Uh, but as far as follow up, we have to treat it like a system. We have to say, hey, this once a person misses eight weeks, if you look on the first page on the first page there, it says uh, the eighth consecutive Sunday missed. Once they've missed two months, uh, we're, we pretty much lost them now. I don't say that we've lost them forever because I've seen people miss uh, eight weeks in a row and then they'll say, well, I say, okay, I guess they're not coming back. And they won't come back for a year. And then a year later, they come back. Mm-hmm. So that, that happens. But again, as Pastor Montoro mentioned, you want to channel your efforts uh, and your resources, okay, uh, in people that you know that are, 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 are heading towards you, not away from you. Now, as they're heading away, initially, you want to, hey, come back, come back, come back. But after they get so far, you're like, okay, they're not coming back. Now I'm just going to be agitating them at this point. Let me kind of back off a little bit. And for us, that was an, an eight-week, eight consecutive uh, absences. That was where we said, okay, um, let's, let's kind of let them be for now. And we transfer them from active to inactive, from inactive to back to prospect. Uh, and that's what we did. We had actives, we had inactives, and we had prospects. And we just worked that list. We worked it and worked it and worked it and worked it and worked it again. And we kept on working it. Not for the sake of numbers, for the sake of people. If you don't have a list, if you don't have a tracking system, you will lose track of people. I guarantee you. You'll forget about people. You will. Uh, I have a, the same list that I, that I had for my class in, in Baltimore. I've used for my class in Orlando. I use for the church that we have right now in, in New York. And I pray, that's my prayer list. I pray through that list. That's not the only thing I pray for, but I pray through that list. Whenever I don't make my prayer through that list, I forget people. I forget events. I forget important things. I forget, oh yeah, I forgot that, you know, Miss Gail Wilson's mom was having shoulder surgery this past Friday. How do I remember that? Because I pray for that. I pray for her. I pray for that situation. People say, well, how do you remember so many names? I remember names because I pray through all the names. If I'm praying for those people, it's so much easier to remember their names. But if I'm not praying, it's super easy to forget them. And they're on a piece of paper. Uh, They have to be. That's how I keep track. 
Uh, it's a system. You'll develop a system yourself, and, and, but you have to have some kind of system. Otherwise, you will lose track of people. People will fall through the cracks. Very good. we got services starting in about 14 minutes. So if you have any other further questions, feel free to come up and talk to our men uh, between now and the beginning of service. But with that said, you're dismissed. Church will start right at 6 o'clock.